0: Today I'm here with Barb, and Barb is from Frankfort, Kentucky, and she is a legal nurse consultant who works with attorneys to help them understand the medical aspects of their cases. That sounds really interesting, Barb.
1: It can be. Um, You see some crazy stuff in some of these cases.
0: Oh, I bet you do.
1: You really do, and I have a lot of fun with it.
0: That's good. It's always important to have fun with what you do. Enjoy your job, enjoy your life.
1: It really is, because otherwise you're just wasting your time. I mean, what are you here for? Exactly. Yeah. So
0: what I want to hear from the beginning is, how did you find out about intermittent fasting? What brought you to intermittent fasting? And how long ago was that?
1: I'm 53 years old. And ever since I was about 10 years old, I've been overweight. So I have spent literally 43 years of my life trying to solve what I saw as my main problem. You know, I I felt like I could kick this whole world's butt if I could just get this one issue under control. So my whole life has been trying to read about nutrition, trying to read about the body, trying to, reading all the diet books, trying the different diets, a whole lot of the things that you did. Right. And. I would try to give up. I would try to say, screw it. Evidently, this is just how I'm meant to be and just accept being overweight. And I never could. I'm too much of a perfectionist that I never could. I could feel like a total success in my whole entire life and then go look in the mirror and all that was gone. Wow. You know, the mirror always took me right back to zero. So I just never gave up. And in 2017, a couple of days before my 52nd birthday, I came across something. I think maybe I was in Amazon. I probably... I probably entered obesity because I was always looking for books to read, always looking for more information. And I'm sure that's how I found the obesity code. It popped up. I saw the reviews. I had thousands of five star reviews. and I'm like, whoa, what is this? I don't know what this is. So I read. I always I'm an Amazon shopper and I always read reviews. And I read review after review after review. this said, oh, my God, this is incredible. So, of course, on my birthday, like two days later, I ordered the book and got the book, and it was like a million light bulbs went off in my head. You know, it explained every problem I'd ever had, every difficulty I'd ever had, every discrepancy that came up. When the book said this would happen, and I would do it, but this would happen, and I would think, my God, am I just freaking defective? What is wrong with me, you know, or am I so weak? So the book explained everything and answered every question I ever had, and I knew with more certainty than I've ever known anything in my life that this was the problem and this was the answer. So I bought right. the book. I immediately started playing around with intermittent fasting, trying to get the hang of it. And probably a week later, I started intermittent fasting. My birthday's is in, in March. I started intermittent fasting around April 10th. And I think if you have any way of tracking down such things, I probably joined the DDD group, found the DDD group and joined it a week later.
0: And for for listeners who aren't sure what that means, that's the Delay Don't Deny Facebook group that we have that goes along with support for the, the Delay Don't Deny book. So you just, how did you find the Delay Don't Deny group?
1: I am on Facebook. I work from home, so I'm socially isolated and a hermit. So my daughter got fed up with that and put my butt on Facebook whether I wanted to go or not. So I've been on Facebook for about a year or so. And after reading the obesity code, I just wanted more and more and more. And in more Amazon searches, I came up, I found Delay, Don't Deny, and then by reading the book, realized you had a Facebook group, okay. and I was on
0: Facebook. Okay, so that's good. So I'm glad that you came to Fasting by Way of the Obesity Code. That is such a great book, isn't it?
1: It is. I have referred it to so many, both books, I've referred to so many people.
0: Yeah, the I, Obesity Code helped.
1: Way, yeah.
0: It helped me understand it so much, and I think that's great. You as a, a person working in the medical field still had your eyes opened by this book.
1: You know, I went through a career change when I was in my early 30s, and I had to decide between teaching and nursing. I was interested in both. And I actually picked nursing for two issues. One, because I knew I wanted to have a child, and I wanted a flexible schedule to be spending most time with my child. But the other reason I chose nursing was because I felt like if I could get into the medical field and get a stronger grasp on medicine and how our bodies work, that maybe I could solve this problem for myself. You know, so whenever we had nursing CEUs, our continuing education requirements, and all that kind of stuff, I always did the ones on obesity. My whole lifelong thing has been trying to solve this one problem. I felt like I was set up by Western medicine from the get-go, you know?
0: Where do you think that Western medicine has led us astray the most?
1: You know, I'm so disappointed, and I've posted about this a lot in the Facebook group, but I'm so disappointed about how... So much of our medicine teaching is fueled by companies that are making a fortune. You know, all these companies that sponsor medical schools, that sponsor the medical textbooks, that sponsor, you know, all the marketing that we hear. You got to eat, eat, and you got to buy these low-calorie foods, and you got to—it's so disappointing to me. It's so disgusting, and it's so— I don't know. I just, I, I get so angry about it. That's right. probably not a topic we want to get into because I'll, <laughs> <lose my bad. laughs> I'll start getting mad and then I'll lose control of my good words. I'll start yeah. using my bad words. Okay,
0: Well, I get it. We don't want to use the bad words. No, we no, want to no, stick to the good <laughs> words. So yeah. just, just the fact that it seems like that they should be able to steer us in a better direction, right?
1: Yeah. And what it all boils down to is somebody's getting rich. And that's what makes me angry, that at the cost of so many people's quality of lives and so many people's self-esteem and general health, that there are people sitting back somewhere getting rich. And I know that sounds a bit conspiracy theory-ish, but it, I'm sorry, it's true. I know enough about the world at this age and haven't been here this long and interacted enough with basic companies. And I mean, I've worked with major companies in the world, and I just know it's true. Infuriates me and it just, I can't dwell on it too much. It's big business,
0: right. basically. It
1: really is. It really is. Somebody's getting rich off of us eating all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then we try these diets. Did you ever do any of those? I'm sure you did. You have had a diet history like mine, the diets where you pay for medical supervised weight loss kind of a thing.
1: Oh, the last one I did right before I found the obesity code, as I always said, I wouldn't do pills. And finally, I was to the point where screw it. I'm going to do pills. I'm going to do whatever I got to do. So I went to a weight loss clinic here in Louisville that my hairdresser and massage therapist and all of them were, use- were going to. And they put me on Fenteramine. Right. And so I took Fentyramine for months and, you know, gained three pounds. I mean, wow. yeah. And if it had worked, I'm so thankful it didn't work because if it had worked, I wouldn't have found the obesity code and I wouldn't have found intermittent fasting. I'd still be on that up and down and doing what they're doing, which is going on teramine losing weight, wrecking their metabolism, going off the tyramine, gaining it all back, going to get put back on the pills. They're on this horrible roller coaster and they don't want to listen to intermittent fasting because I can't be hungry, Right? whatever it says. I can't be hungry. You know, we've become so conditioned to believe that hunger is a distress. It's an emergency. It's a call to action. And it's not. Oh my God, I'll, I'll go out. Jen, I'll go out in public. And I'm an emotional person. So if I cry, I just don't even freak out. We'll, we'll just go on. <laughs> yeah, What will I go out in public and I see a very obese woman struggling along, huffing and puffing and looking so freaking tired. And of course she is. She's dragging around 100, 150 pounds. Of course she's exhausted and she's not feeling her body and her body's living off of these processed foods instead of knowing that how she could feel if she was actually burning the fat that her body was holding in store for her. And I want to go up and I just, I just want to put my arms around everybody. Right. You know?
0: I do. And so <laughs> I know. I'm giving you a big virtual hug. But, you know, this this is an emotional topic for us because we've both been there and we've found what feels like this magical secret. And people not only don't know about it, but when they hear about it, they think it's going to be so hard. But what really is hard is, I mean, I think of my life before intermittent fasting and my life now. In the life before intermittent fasting, when I was carrying around 80 more pounds than I'm carrying around now, that was hard. Yeah. You know, right this Something minute, it's not hard. I haven't eaten today. I'll eat maybe in six hours from now. It's not hard to wait. And I'm less hungry. This is the part people don't understand. We are less hungry during the day when fasting than we were before.
1: Oh, always. And, and you know, and we're being told constantly that we've got to fuel our bodies, but when we don't eat, we have so much more energy. Right. And when we were dealing with the sluggishness, you know, and everything from the constant digestion and the processed foods and the carbohydrates that we took in all day long, just trying to get some energy. And when you stop that, I mean, oh my God, I feel, I feel better than I ever have in my life. Because now. what
0: you said before, we've got the energy, it's stored on our bodies, and that's why our body put it there.
1: Yeah, it's right there. We just have to learn how our body works. To me, intermittent fasting is the owner's manual that we should have had put in our little pink little hands when we were born. You know, we should have had that from the beginning and we didn't. And I can choose to be angry that I didn't find that out until I was in my 50s. I can choose to be so grateful that I had this chance to improve the quality of my life before my life was over and to make the rest of my life the best of my life. And that's how I choose to see it.
0: Me too. And, you know, I actually am grateful that I was obese for a while because I think if I had never gone through the struggles that I did, and even if I'd just been, like, you know, overweight, right? If I'd just been overweight, I would have probably just been okay with that. But I think I had to really be obese in order to to realize how great it feels to be slim. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, and I would much rather have done it your way because I've seen pictures of you when you were younger and you were appropriate weight and everything. I never had that. I was a fat kid, I was a fat teenager, and I was a fat adult. So I think that there's been, because that was such a decades-long condition for me and not a temporary condition after childbirth like so many women do, I have a lot more physical damage that was done. And there are just expectations that I could never have. Right, Because it's just been too much damage. But it gets better every day. And that's something I couldn't say before. And that's a cool thing. Glad to hear that. That
0: is an excellent point. Because, you know, Dr. Fung, the writer of The Obesity Code, and he's a doctor. And probably everyone listening to this podcast who knows about intermittent fasting is familiar with Dr. Jason Fung. He's gotten a lot of people to make some amazing progress in their journeys. But he talks about the fact that if your body has been overweight for a long time you know, decades in your case, it is going to take longer to reverse that.
1: Well, it's going to take longer to reverse that. And also, you know, to be totally realistic, skin issues. Yes, yes, intermittent fasting, I think, gives you the chance to improve your skin elasticity and to break down all those structures that are holding your skin stretched out so that your skin shrinks back so much better than if you did a low-calorie diet. Yes, that's true. But when you've got somebody that's like me that that was – that was obese for forty years. I think there's going to be some permanent damage then. Then there, so I try to temper my expectations with a little bit of realism. And when I get to where I want to be, you know, I've already decided. If I decide at some point that I need plastic surgery, I'm doing it because I'm worth that and I've suffered enough. I'm just going to make the best of my life, all that it can be. Right. I don't really care. And then you know you hear people talk about plateaus. I've been on a when I joined the DDD group and was doing intermittent fasting last year from April to the first of the year, I lost 85 pounds. And then like January, February, I probably lost five more. And since February, I would say I haven't lost a single pound. So that's an eight month plateau. plateau. I, and I still intermittent fast every single day. I still usually do all my, sometimes I do like a four hour window if I've got something going on, I want to go do, but I've not gained a single pound and it's been totally effortless there's been no trouble keeping this off whatsoever. I don't live in fear of gaining it back because my body has so much healing and so much restoration to do. I'm perfectly content to give it this eight month break. You know, and in the meantime I've noticed cellulite's gotten better. After that 85 pound, I had a little bit of this next stuff going on right here that, you know, I look in the mirror and go, Oh my God, what is that? You know? Now that's, <laughs> yeah. You know, now that's pretty much gone. So that's happened in the last eight months. And if my body wants to take a break from weight loss for eight months to fix some of this other stuff, I'm okay with that. And I think it's really cool how intermittent fasting has taught me peace and has taught me patience that I didn't have before. I was one of those two. I would start a diet and within two weeks I didn't have a loss. Or three weeks, I couldn't tell a big difference. I went on to something else. Right. Intermittent right. fasting has taught me that it's not my timeline. It's what I say in the group. It's my body's timeline. It's not mine. I don't set that date when all this is going to be done. My body does. And now that I know without a doubt that I'm on the right road, and I know that over time I'm going to get there, the day that I arrive isn't as important to me as just knowing that I'm in the right direction and I can relax. I got plateau for eight more months. So the hell why. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Wow.
0: I love that, that sense of peace that it's given you. And I think that that's something that, that most of us feel with intermittent fasting. And that's how we know that this is for life. Mm-hmm. We don't feel that struggle, that craziness that the, quote, diets gave us.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I have so many friends and family say, well, when when you get to the way you want to be, are you going to quit that? Or when are you going to quit that fasting stuff or whatever? And I just look at them and say never. Right. And I can't make them understand I don't want to quit. With dieting, dieting, you can't wait till your diet's over. You can't wait to eat like a normal person. You can't wait to go back to a regular way. But this feels so much better than anything that I've ever done that I have absolutely no desire to ever quit intermittent fasting and go back to that. You know, we always talk about how when you take a break for a holiday, how after a couple of days, you're like, oh my God, I feel horrible. I feel sluggish and bloated. And nobody wants to live like that. So the motivation to go back to that is not
0: there. Yeah. And I think that we didn't realize we felt like that all the time before. And, you know, with the normal, quote, diet that we've done a million times, we felt bad while we're, we're doing it. And then, you know, going back to, quote, eating normal, our body like was like, fine, thank you for not doing that crazy diet anymore. But with intermittent fasting, we feel so good that when we stop, our body's like, wait, no, go back to the, <laughs> to the fasting. That's how we know it's the
1: right thing. Because, you know, maybe here was where you lived before on your level. And with intermittent fasting, it takes you up to here. And when you're used to living up here, you can't sink back down to this level again. It's, it's true. It's, it's no longer optional. You know, it's no longer enough.
0: Right. You've heard me say before that intermittent fasting is the health plan with the side effect of weight loss. So have you had any great health benefits? I know the 85 pounds of weight loss is amazing. What health benefits have you seen?
1: Well, I I had astronomically high blood pressure. I'm talking 250 over 180, 280, 280 over 180. Yeah, I was a stroke waiting to happen, basically. And I knew that as a nurse. And I would take, you know, all these blood pressure medicines and everything. I'm down to one blood pressure medicine a day. And actually, I've been getting a little lightheaded here lately that I need to start taking my blood pressure again and see if it's time to come off of that one. You know, to see if I need to make an appointment with my cardiologist and come off that last pill. So it's really cured hypertension for me, or if it hasn't cured it yet, it's definitely I'm definitely on my way to being cured of that. I had a horrible reflux. That's gone. I had a a severe back injury back in two thousand ten and I had a lot of sciatica pain.
0: Right. And I
1: still have touches of it now and then, but nothing like what I had before. And the thing about it was, is before I started intermittent fasting, I ate ibuprofen like skittles. I mean, every four hours on the nose, I was taking four more ibuprofen. I took the prescription dose of 800 milligrams every four hours. I mean, or, or, or not more than you can do it a day, but I maxed it to the limit. You know what I could do. And I did that just to get by and to not have to rely on pain pills. Now, now I'll go for weeks without taking ibuprofen. That's fabulous. And it is because, you know, those kind of NSAIDs are so destructive to your body. And that is probably what was causing my hypertension. You know, taking anti-inflammatories can cause hypertension. And that was probably a big cause of mine, too. So it's freed me up from being so dependent on ibuprofen. And I'm really blessed about that because that's bad for your kidneys and bad for so many body systems, you know. So that's just so many things.
0: Do you think it was just the, the fact that intermittent fasting lowers inflammation. Do you think that's what it was?
1: Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. Because that happened before I lost the 85 pounds where the pain levels went down. And you know, arthritis problems run in my family really, really bad. And sometimes I'll just stop and look at my hands and think, wow, is this just going to skip over me? Because I don't have those problems, you know, and I've wondered if intermittent fasting has something to do with that. I was having problems with my knees. That was probably the way. But I was having problems with my knees, getting off and on the floor, even though I was only 52 years old. All that's gone. I can lay down on the floor, jump right back up. That's great. It is. It really is. The whole quality of life thing is just so amazing.
0: Yeah, I think so. Now, do you do any kind of exercise? What's your, how do you stay active?
1: I work too much and I use that as, as an excuse not to exercise. So this is totally on me. I'm totally accountable for that. But I started swimming, going to the gym and swimming in the mornings to my local YMCA. I bought an elliptical upstairs and I'm trying to set little daily goals to steadily increase my time on the elliptical. I just ordered a rowing machine that I've done that before briefly at the gym and, and loved it. So I think that's something I'll do. So I'm increasing, but I, you know, I didn't from the beginning because as a nurse, I knew that being needing to lose that 85 pounds and more, I'd like to lose about 30 more that my body was under so much stress that the last thing i needed to do was throw exercise on top of that so i needed to relieve some of the pressure and stress off of my joints and everything before i really started pushing exercise so now it's time to start pushing exercise so i'm getting into that now but 85-pound weight loss was totally without exercise.
0: Yeah. And, and really, exercise is great for health. But, you know, research shows that beyond a certain point, exercise is not, you know, the magical weight loss cure that we all think it is. Of course, it's very important for health. It's good for us.
1: Oh, no. I mean, it's. I want to do it for the uh, more flexibility. For strengthening, flexibility, strengthening, and stamina are the things I'm looking for, exercise, not weight loss. Right. So I I got got IF for that. You got it. That's exactly right. So...
0: Tell us about your intermittent fasting style or pattern and what does a day look like for you? Everybody always likes to hear what others are doing. So how does Barb structure her day?
1: I'm a real big believer in the KISS method when it comes to anything. And that is kind of like, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, I keep it simple. I don't have windows. I don't watch a clock. I don't know what time it is at any given time on any certain day. I can't tell you what time it is because I work from home. Half the time, I don't even know what day it is. (laughs) Really. So what I do is, you know, sometimes it, when I'm really hungry and I just start become distracted by thoughts of food, I get up and I go eat and I'm done for the day. Usually that involves about 20 minutes. So usually my window is about 20 minutes. There's been a lot of talk here lately about how doing OMAD, which is one meal a day, for too long can cannot be so good that you need to shake it up more. So in the last month or so, I've been kind of like, I'll have my OMAD. And then a couple hours later, I'll think, oh, you know, ice cream would be good right now or something. And I'll get it and go ahead and get it instead of waiting until the next day, because I'm consciously trying to extend that window. Yeah. Throw some wider windows in there. I would be totally fine to the, lay it till the next day. But this is purposeful. Right. That I'm trying to, to mix things up a little bit. But basically for me, I eat once a day and I'm done. Yeah. And it's really become to a point where sometimes I'll just be thinking, oh, I'm going to get up and go get this over with and I'll go eat and then I'll come back and go back to doing whatever I'm doing. And so food is so totally not a priority for me anymore. And uh, so, so
0: you generally eat in the middle of the day.
1: Well, I did, and, which is really weird because I've always hated breakfast. But over the past few months, it's kind of migrated to where I eat at 8 a.m. Okay. I eat in the morning, and then I just don't eat the rest of the day.
0: And you still so, feel great, and you have great energy after that?
1: Oh, yeah, all day long. Now, every evening, every evening, I'll get some strong, strong hunger pains because it will have been like 12 hours since I've eaten. So I'll get some strong hunger pains, and I'm just thinking, eh, I'll eat tomorrow. You know, and i just go on. So, you know, there's never, I don't think there's ever a time when hunger goes away. I'm sure you have hunger. I have hunger. It's just that. So what? It's not a driving force for us anymore. Right. Not like it used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of acknowledge it. And you go, oh, yeah, I'm hungry. Okay. Now. And then you just go on and do something and you don't dwell on it. You don't think about it. You just accept it. You don't fight it. I don't try to distract myself from hunger. I'm like, oh, hi. You know, like it's a friend. Hey, it's you again. Hey, there you are. are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there you are. You're here every day. You're back. Okay. And then you go on. And it's totally not a distressful condition to be in. I kind of like it, actually, because when I recognize and acknowledge my hunger, and I also recognize and acknowledge that I'm not going to do anything about it, I'm going to wait and delay eating, then there's also a conscious realization, oh, cool, I'm going to shrink for a while. Or, oh, cool, you know, my body's going to do something else instead. And I know that this is a beneficial time for me, that this time forward from this hunger means that something good is happening in my body. So it's actually become a very positive signal that when I have a hunger pain or something, here, you know, alone at home in my office like a maniac, I'll just smile, you know, for no reason other than I'm hungry because I know that something good is happening.
0: Exactly. And it's going to go away in a minute. You'll just ride that wave, ride the wave. (laughs)
1: As I say, I hang 10 on those waves of hunger. There you go.
0: Hang (laughs) 10. Think about that. That makes it go by, and and you realize it is really not an emergency. That's great. So one thing you're known for in our Facebook group is your words of wisdom. You have lots and lots of words of wisdom. What would you tell somebody who's just starting off on day one with intermittent fasting? The
1: same kind of things that I post. One is to ease into it. Don't jump in too much too soon because what you're going to do is you're going to get overwhelmed or you're going to chew your arm off or it's just going to seem like too much. You can't negate and reverse a life's worth of conditioning. You've been conditioned your whole life to eat, 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 and you've got to fuel your body. You can't make a decision and suddenly undo all that. So I think when you go into intermittent fasting with 16 slash eight or 16 hours of fasting with an eight hour window, I think when you approach it from there and just start to narrow your window, you're giving your body time to adjust and you're also giving your mindset time to adjust. And that's so important. I see so many people that say, oh, I started intermittent fasting yesterday and I'm up to 20 hours. And, and I think, oh my God, is this person going to keep with this? Because so, I think so few people can do that. Some people might have enough fasting enzymes on board, but I think most of us don't. I certainly didn't. Uh And if I had tried to do it that quickly, I wouldn't have stuck with it. Whereas when you approach it more sensibly and with a little bit more self-gentleness and tolerance and kindness... It becomes a way of life that changes your whole life instead of just a passing fad that you tried for a couple of days and decided wasn't for you.
0: I think that's I- important. You said, you know, give your mindset time to adjust. And I think that is key because we're so used to a quick fix. We are. And it's going to work in every day. You're going to get on the scale and you're going to lose a pound and you're going to lose, you know, whatever. And that's not what this is.
1: No, no. And you know what? It's every bit as much a psychological journey as it is a physical journey. That's true. And you have to give time for both to adjust. And sometimes, you know, I mean, I'm not a patient person. Anybody that knows me knows that. They also know I'm very, very kind and I'm very gentle, but I'm not a patient person. And when I see all the like, oh my God, it's been three days and I haven't lost any weight, I just have to get up and walk away from the computer, you know, because (laughs) I'm like, oh. That's one of the things I like about having the groups is the groups in person because I can explain that to people and I can say, stop, stop and listen. So I would tell them to, to ease into it. I would tell them to work consciously on losing the fear of hunger. Like you and I have said, hunger, it's not a distress signal. It's not an emergency. It's not a call to action. It just simply is. Just accept that it is. Allow it to be. We have a lot of posts on how to distract yourself from hunger, but all the books on self-discipline that I'm reading saying that's actually not the most effective technique. The most effective technique to develop self-discipline is not to distract yourself from what is tempting you, but to face it and to accept it, to make it lose its power. Oh, I love that. Because when you keep running from something it's keeping its power over you. You're afraid of it and you're pushing it away. But when you face it head on and you accept it and you make friends with it and you wrap your arms around it and you embrace it, its power is gone. And you're the one that becomes powerful. So I really try to get people to make friends with your hunger. Mm-hmm. So yeah. ease into this slowly, make friends with your hunger and drop the instant gratification diet mindset. Drop the diet mindset is a whole nother thing. This isn't a diet. Like you say, it constantly It's not a diet. It's a way of life. So you've got to wrap your head around that. But you've also got to to drop your addiction to instant gratification because there may not be any. You've got to step out on faith and commit to a time period. I've done posts where please commit to time. You know, during that 85 pound weight loss in that eight months, I had several months of plateaus sprinkled in there. Right. What if after a month of plateaus, I had said, well, this isn't for me you know, look, I've lost 20 pounds. Apparently that's all I'm going to lose. It's time to move on and go find something else. If I had kept that kind of instant gratification fix, I wouldn't have ended the year with an 85 pound loss. I would have given up before then. I would have gone on to something else. So the instant gratification is nothing but pure self-sabotage and you've got to let it go. So if everybody could just... Do the science. Do your own research. Come to your own realizations that you and I have come to that this is the truth and this is the actual way our bodies work. Then commit to it. Step out on faith and let it go. Let go of it. Just do it and quit thinking about it. So much overthinking. Quit
0: thinking about it. Yeah, that's true. We see that a lot with people. That and I think the fault lies in the whole diet industry, right? We've got these books, and I wrote "Delay, Don't Deny." It's self-published, and I wrote it. To be short on purpose, I wrote it, the tone that I used on purpose, and I wrote it without saying, do this step one, step two, step two, X, Y, Z. I wrote it the way I did on purpose because every diet book you buy follows, it seems like, has the formula. Number one, do it exactly like this. Number two, do it exactly like this. Never falter from this. Eat this. Here's your grocery list. This is what you have on day one. Here's your menu. And no one can live their life like that. No. People come in and they want this to be just like those other things. And this is like really the opposite of anything you've done before. And we're not going to make a weight loss claim like lose 12 pounds in your first week and drop three dress sizes. Nope.
1: <laughs> We've been so used, Jen, to giving away our power right. when it comes to our bodies. You walk into our Facebook group, and the first thing we do is give the power back to you. Right. You determine your window. You determine what you're going to eat. You determine how much you're going to eat. And people freak. Yeah. Because nobody knows how to do that. They're like, what? What?
0: Yeah, I, can, yeah. I can eat whatever I want. And then people sometimes get really confused because they're like, oh, does that mean that I should go to five buffets and eat as much as I can? And we're like, well, no, that's not what we mean either. <laughs> right. That's not going to feel good. That's not going to nourish your body.
1: No, you might do that a few times first because you're fighting all these psychological things that's a psychological thing it is but after you get past that i mean my god the first couple of weeks i did intermittent fasting i totally climbed on board the whole eat whatever you want thing and i remembered i don't know if you guys have them there but we have like a shoney's our we fishes. used to
0: have that yeah <laughs>
1: okay well you know that big old hot fudge dessert the hot fudge cake dessert they yes. had Do you remember that i had been craving one of those for years and would let myself eat it because you know i was fat i couldn't have that so when I started intermittent fasting, one day I was like, my God, that's what I want for my meal today. I had gotten down to one meal a day by that time. And I'm like, that's what I want for my meal today. So I went and I bought two of them. <laughs> my whole meal, right? So, this was, so I sat there and I ate one and a half and thought I was going to puke and threw the rest of it away and I was done and that was my meal. And that might have been, I don't know, I have no clue how many calories that was, but the craving for it was gone. That was a psychological thing that was messing with me. I went out and I did it and it was gone. I didn't beat myself up for it. I didn't worry about it. I didn't, it was gone. And so for the first few weeks, I had a lot of little Debbie's and all these little things that I had been wanting for years and years and years and had been saying no for so long. But I kind of got that out of my system. Right. And moved on. And I think the key about doing that is, and I'm not saying that's a healthy thing to do, but I'm saying that it can be psychologically driven and to be kind to yourself and don't beat yourself up about it. Sometimes you have to, something that's driving you crazy, sometimes you just do have to go do that thing and then move past it.
0: Yeah. And get out. I think there's a lot of power there because our bodies will let us know over time that we don't feel well. I mean, you did not feel great after you ate those ice cream sundaes. You didn't feel good. And so you're like, huh, I could eat it if I want, but guess what? I don't want to. And the
1: other thing, you just said it, I can eat it if I want. Because there's no forbidden foods. Right. No foods drive you crazy. No foods have this calling to you day in and day out. Because you can have them anytime you want. And if you can have something anytime you want, then it's not special anymore. Exactly. And it doesn't call you anymore. Did you ever do HCG? You know, I bought it and I did it. Here's what I had did something. I did the MetaFast. Remember the MetaFast?
0: Yeah, is that, that's what Oprah did, right?
1: Right. And it was right after after Oprah did it. So when I saw Oprah's results, I thought, well, if it worked for Oprah. It work for me. So I lost like 88 pounds in eight weeks. I remember all the eights. It was 88 pounds in eight weeks and ruined my freaking metabolism. It took me two years to recover from that. So I went to an HCG clinic and sat down and talked to them and got the stuff and took it home and, and looked at it some more. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to do exactly what I did to my body. I'm going to do it again. Yeah did with the Meta fast going on the super low calories and I said I can't go through that damage and that recovery again so I threw the bottle in the garbage good so for I, didn't you. Actually, I didn't actually take it I wasted $250 from my little consult and threw it away
0: well good for you because I had some years I talk about this in delay don't deny my diet history section I had some years where I did HCG because you know it's you can read anything and it makes sense and it sounds scientifically great. I'm like, oh, this is going to be the magical way to do it. But, you know, I did it in 2009. I got almost to my goal with it and then boom, regained it all and then I was like 210 pounds and I think that that was part of it but one reason I brought it up is because with HCG they have something called quote load days do you remember reading about that you're supposed to eat I can't remember like for two days before you start you're supposed to like eat as much as you can (laughs) and it's called loading so that when you start the actual HCG then you're able to I don't know what, what it was supposed to do for you but I can remember those days before I would get started, and I would eat like you said. It would be all those things. Like I would go buy pop tarts, and I would buy chips and dip, and I would buy hot dogs, and I would eat all this quote junk food. But it's what I thought that I really wanted to eat, right? That's this is I'm get this is the last I'm going to eat all this food and. That's how I chose forbidden foods. to. It was. It was all those things. It was those. I mean, I remember it was those Pop Tarts that are chocolate that have the. But now, if you tried to make me eat one of those, I would be like, I don't want that. That's
1: yuck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want and, it. Two reasons. One, because it's no longer forbidden, it's common now. And two, because it makes you feel like crap.
0: And it doesn't taste good.
1: No, it doesn't taste good. Yeah. I had a pop tart, too, like three or four months ago, and I just spit it out. And, you know, in the South, we don't spit, but I spit that pop tart out.
0: It's really magical when you realize the things that used to hold so much power of you no longer
1: do. And you feel like such a grown-up when you're like, I don't want that pot tart because I don't like it. I've been going through the last couple of months have been really, really stressful and difficult for me. But the one thing that I've noticed and I'm so grateful for is intermittent fasting broke me from being an emotional eater. It never even occurs to me to go run and hide in food. It never occurs to me to sedate myself with carbs anymore. It never occurs to me that a piece of pie and a glass of milk is going to make me feel better. You know, not consciously, of course, but not even unconsciously anymore. I love that. Yeah, it never occurs to me to snack. You know, if I go watch a movie, I don't have to have a bowl of popcorn or, and I don't miss it. You know, I did it first, but it has just totally broken those habits. And I'm not a snacker and I'm not an emotional eater. And it feels really, really good to be able to say that.
0: That really is. We can watch somebody, we can sit by someone at the movie theater who's eating the popcorn and we don't feel like we're missing out or that we wish we had it. (laughs)
1: Sometimes when I go to movies now, sometimes I'll say, okay, I'm going to set my fast aside and I'm going to enjoy some popcorn tonight. Sometimes I'll go to the movies and I'll be like, you know what, I know I'm burning fat right now because it's been so long since I've eaten. And I think I'd just rather burn fat this evening. But it's a choice and it's a choice that we make based on Real, genuine, healthy motives instead of compulsion. And it's power.
0: And you're not like, when you choose to have it, there's no guilt associated with having it. You chose it. And when you choose not to, there's no regret that you're missing out. Mm -hmm. So, But you're just in charge.
1: I went to a movie with someone a couple months ago and I got some popcorn and they said, oh, you're, you're cheating on your fast. And I said, we don't cheat on fasting. And he said, well, what are you doing? I said, I'm setting my fast aside. You and I are going to a movie. I'm choosing not to fast tonight. I'm setting it aside. And he's like, you can do that? I said, this is a way of of living, you know, and the rules are up to me now. They're not up to a diet book, and they're not up to an industry, and they're not up to marketing. The rules are set by me now, and I can absolutely do this. This is how I live. And I love that popcorn. had a great time eating that popcorn. felt like crap the next evening, but you know what I mean. I do. when I teach the intermittent fasting group, and people say, Well, what do you do on a cheat day? or When do you have a cheat day? and I'll say this, and I love to say this, Jen, because I love the look on their faces, and I'll say, We never cheat, and everybody's face just like, What? or not? Never looking- face falls because they're like, Oh, I'm never going to be able to stick to this, you know? I'm like, We never ever cheat, and then I explain. We set intermittent fasting aside or we have planned indulgences. I explain that concept, you know. So, yeah, you can still have Christmas dinner and you can still eat all the Christmas goodies on Christmas Day. You'll feel like crap the next day, but that's okay. That's up to you. A friend comes in from out of town and says, Barb, let's go get margaritas. I'm not going to say, no, I ate this morning and I know I haven't seen you in 20 years, but I've already eaten and I'm fasting and I can't go. Absolutely no way. I'm going to set my fasting aside. And I'm going to go have margaritas with my friend. And I'm going to make memories. I'm going to love all over on her and have a great time. And then I'm going to come home, and I'm going to resume my fasting. And you didn't cheat.
0: You made a choice. You embrace it. And that's the key. So people do come in the groups, and they'll be like, you know, how often do you have a cheat day? We're like, never. We don't call it cheating.
1: Yeah, because it's not.
0: It's not. It's
1: not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This podcast is supported by FedEx. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this, all of My Mochi's fabulous flavors, like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream, are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. So
0: you've mentioned a couple times that you're having some groups in person. Tell us how that's going.
1: Well, it's right now we're struggling because one of the girls in the Facebook group could only attend on Thursday nights. I set them up on Thursday nights and we had people come, but I'm getting all these texts. Everybody's saying, I just can't come on Thursday nights. I just can't do that night. So we're switching it to Friday or Saturday, but it's really been great so far because several people have embraced uh, fasting and I get these little texts saying, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. You know, I've lost weight. My clothes are looser. I'm sleeping better. One friend of mine is a diabetic, and his uh, blood sugars are coming down, down, down. And I made sure that he watched his sugars very, very closely and took them more often. He's never bottomed out. He's never had a low sugar. That just blows his mind. Wow. His averages have come way down. I think he's actually getting ready to come off of his diabetic medicine. I went out on a date a couple of weeks ago, and the guy was just so fascinated with intermittent fasting that now he's an intermittent faster. I love that. Yeah, and we decided, you know, not to continue dating. We're just going to be friends. But that's just another convert. And he's like, I know I was supposed to meet you because I was supposed to hear about this. And thank you for bringing this into my life. Yeah, it's just wonderful.
0: Yeah, people joke about that sometimes in the One Meal a Day Facebook group that we need, like, a dating site for intermittent fasters. You know, like, FarmersOnly.com? We need, like, IntermittentFasters.com
1: or something. I will start it up, if you will. Okay, yeah. <laughs>
0: com. <laughs> you know, and don't you
1: enjoy food so much more than you do oh, yeah. all the time?
0: I do. And last night, I ate a dinner that I never would have eaten before. It was had beets in it and it had... It was this... I know I, you made a face, but I I never liked beets either. This is the first time I've ever eaten beets by choice ever, and I smelled them. I, I used the meal the meal delivery kit, so it came, and I was like, I'm gonna if I don't like the way they, I'm just I'll throw them away and I won't eat them and I won't die. But I smelled them beforehand, and I was like, I'm just gonna do it. I don't have to eat it if I don't like it. It was delicious.
1: Was it really? Because yeah. I, like, I like dirt.
0: Well, they were really tiny. It's probably a good beginner way to eat them. They were chopped up really, really tiny and then mixed with couscous. And, of course, I throw in extra butter to everything. So I, like, threw in so much butter. And then it also had tarragon in it. So it did not have that taste-like dirt flavor that you expect to have from beets. So I was excited.
1: Well, I might have to try that. I've been thinking about getting those on home those meals popping back up again, too. You know, that's the only gripe I have about intermittent fasting is I love to cook, right? I used to cook all the time. And now I so seldom do because food goes bad before we can eat it all. I'll cook this big dish. And then I'm throwing a quarter of it away because it went bad before everybody ate it up. And I just can't stand to do that. You may really
0: like the meal delivery companies then because you know that I think the smallest you can only get like two portions. You would have to have two portions. You could have half of it one day and the other portion the next day. I don't know how you feel about leftovers like that. I love leftovers, Okay, but it really, they give you just the right amount so it doesn't have to go to waste. That's what we like about it. Because my husband, you know, when I wrote Delay, Don't Deny, I talked about how he did not do intermittent fasting because he's so lean, but, but now he does it. He's been doing intermittent fasting, I don't even know how long now, but he was lean before, but now he just looks more youthful. You know, we're in our upper 40s and he eats two meals, he'll have lunch, but then we'll have this fabulous dinner every night and it's just the right amount for both of us and we don't have, you know, all these leftovers to throw
1: away. You said he looks youthful, you know, and and I get a lot of people on that too, that intermittent fasting causes secretion of human growth hormone just like lifting weights does. Whenever you see before and after pictures of people on in the group, they almost always look 10, 20 years younger. Like their yeah. own
0: daughter, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Somebody posted their pictures, their after pictures the other day. It was, I can't remember her name. It was an attractive older lady with whitish or white blonde hair. Oh my God. It almost didn't look like the same person. And, and in the second pictures after her year of intermittent fasting, she was glowing She was radiant, and that even came across in her picture and through my digital screen, that glow. She was just stunning. That really is the word
0: we hear the most, that you're just radiant or vibrant or glowing. It's just like you're putting off a different energy. It really is almost like just a whole new energy of being.
1: There's no doubt to me at all that this is the way that we're meant to live. This is the way that we're meant to take in energy and process it. There's just no doubt. I think so, too. And I love the whole predator versus prey scenario, because when I'm fasted, I feel like a predator. I feel lean, and I feel alert, and I feel sharp, and I feel energetic, and I feel like I can jump tall buildings in a single bound, all of that. <laughs> and, and when I'm fed, when I'm in the fed state, I feel more like prey. I want to go take a nap. I'm kind of sluggish. I know I'm more dull-witted. Especially after the holidays, because most of us will take a break for a few days at the holidays. Oh my gosh, but you could shoot me and I wouldn't even get up and try to run away. I just, <laughs> yeah. Because I'm just like a deer caught in the headlights. That's kind of the mentality I have after Christmas. And I can't wait. It takes about two days of fasting to get back to the fasted state. Right. I just refuse to live my life at the prey level anymore. You know? And just, just
0: just to clarify for people that were just heard Barbara say it takes two days of fasting, she is not talking about forty eight hours of nonstop fasting because people sometimes get really confused that you have to fast for over 24 hours or over 48 hours to deplete your glycogen and i mean you could i mean you could just fast right through and deplete your glycogen but intermittent fasting does that for us too so a few days of your intermittent fasting routine you will get down to the bottom of that
1: yeah that's all i meant was go- exactly. i know that's what you meant yeah, for I know, but some people do
0: get confused by that because they think that like oh i have to fast non-stop no <laughs> you do not
1: I don't do extended fast like I eat in the mornings and sometimes I'll eat at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. So if I'm going out to dinner the next night with someone, um, a lot of times I'll just delay my meal until I go to dinner. So I'll end up fasting for 36 hours if I'm eating at 7 p.m. the next night and that's about as long as I fast and that's actually really easy to do. In fact, every time I've done it, which I've probably done it about 10 times, every time I've done it, I would just assume not even eat and just wait till the next day. So I know that 48 hours would be nothing. But I'm amazed. I just don't have any desire to do that. I don't think it's necessary. Don't feel any pressure at all to do that. And I'm glad that we don't. I joined another fasting group on Facebook for a few days, and they really, everybody was like, oh, six days, no food. And I've been fasting for eight days. And it was like everyone was trying to outdo each other. And I don't know. It just didn't appeal to me. I don't. I think it's great when it's just a
0: doable lifestyle that feels good. If you're having to struggle and push it, and that just is, doesn't appeal to me at all.
1: I don't believe that's the way life was supposed to be. I believe that we have some built-in bar- barometers to tell us when we're doing the right things, and, our, and that's our feelings. And when you feel good about something, when something makes you feel good, that's usually a hint that you're going in the right direction I had an instance this week of something started feeling really, really wrong to me. And I questioned it and was reassured. Everything was fine. And then I came back the next day and said, no, still, something feels off. Something really feels off. And I'm not going to go away until you discuss this with me thoroughly and make me understand that it's not off. Well, come to find out there was a really big problem going on. And I was so proud of myself for listening to my gut because I've not traditionally done that. I've traditionally let my head rationalize, no, no, no. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. And I've been doing a lot of reading and a lot of studying, and I'm coming to feel like that your feelings really are there to guide you. And intermittent fasting just feels so good. It feels so right. It feels so – I can't even think of the word that I want to say. It just –
0: I also think that intermittent fasting – helps us become more in tune in those other areas too. Like you're better able to listen to your inner voice when it comes to other things like happened to you the other day because you're not drowning out your inner voice by having to deal with all the food thoughts.
1: Well, you know, not only that, and that's a really good point, and not only that, but through intermittent fasting, I think every one of us becomes so much more in tune with our bodies and so much more adept at listening to our bodies. I mean, you've spoken about that before too, that you become you become where you can start picking up on your body signals, things that you totally wouldn't have noticed before. And I think like you just said, that carries over into other areas, not just food related areas, but other areas, whereas intuition and perception, I could tell that there was something I felt something was wrong. I'm not so certain two years ago when I wasn't doing intermittent fasting, if I would have paid attention to that feeling, maybe I would have felt it. But I don't think I would have given it as much value as I do now, because now I've gotten more into the habit of listening to my body and how I feel.
0: Well, I am really sad to say that we are about out of time. Yeah, I know. And so what final words of wisdom would you like to share? Some Barb wisdom. We love Barb in the groups, by the way. She we always look forward to her post. What are very brief words of wisdom from Barb?
1: Just commit Commit to intermittent fasting. Make the commitment. It's don't wait for motivation. Motivation doesn't show up when you need it and it never stays for long. Motivation is completely unreliable. You can't wait until you're motivated. You have to make the decision. Once you make the decision, all these doors and all these paths will unfold before you. That's the secret. So make the decision, make the commitment, and you will feel the weight come off of you. The because emotional
0: weight first. The
1: emotional weight. Oh, yes, yes. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. So Weight will instantly leave you. That's what I did. I committed a year to intermittent fasting, and so I had none of that fighting me in my background. My uh, words of wisdom would be to don't wait on motivation; just decide.
0: I love that. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. It has been absolutely wonderful. It's been great to, to see your face. I wish everyone could see your face like I can.
1: You I'm are. Kind of like, you're I'm glowing. Me <laughs> <being> and my cat. <laughs>
0: well, thank you so much for talking to me
1: anytime you ever want to do this again just hit me up
0: do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell email me at jen at intermittent and i'll add you to the lineup that's g-i-n at intermittent the world wants to hear your story that's it for today remember i may have a doctorate but i'm not a medical doctor so don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or health care provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, fasting family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on.